Fantasy Football Jams. You guys are tuning in to another great episode of the Late Round Flyers. My name is RDA. My boy Lance Dillon is across the world, but he is also with me here, ready to talk all things fantasy football. Thank you very much for joining us. We greatly, greatly appreciate you guys tuning in uh, to hang out with us for this next hour or so. But Lance, you know what? Week two is in the books. What an absolutely scary roller coaster that we've been on so far these past couple of weeks. What has week two done to you, my guy? Oh, RDA. Oh, I I can feel it. It just in your voice alone. I uh this was one of those weeks, and it's too early in this season to have this already, but this was one of those weeks that just makes me question anything that I thought I knew about fantasy and football in general, that um, maybe I, I don't know jack shit. Um, and, you know, I don't know where to turn to. Luckily, you know, Aaron Jones's performance Monday night made me feel a little bit better about myself, but yep, with yep. given all of the quarterback injuries Sunday and the underperformances, like I thought Naheem Hines was going to have this huge game. He didn't even get three targets. And the Saints offense just crap in the bed. I, 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 I'm, it was just really tough, man. I mean, I, I think I'm even only one oh, 15, 16 of my matchups. I'm in, in, in a, that vampire league yep. I told you about, right? Here, here's heartache. If I had played Gio Bernard over Carlos Hyde, oh man, I would have survived, but I was out number 16. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. Brutal. That's a brutal ending right there, especially in week two. So, you know, it didn't fare very well for me. How about you? Oh man, you know what? I, out of my six leagues that I'm in, uh, one of them we do co run a team with our fans out there. Thank you guys for playing along. We did win again in that league. I went five and one. So, uh, so far, not too bad, not too shabby. But that one loss that I did lose in was one that I had a side bet with one of my coworkers in which we bet lunch. And, uh, yeah, let's just say he kind of took me in for quite a bit of lunch. So I, I hate him a little bit, very much so. And, uh, yeah, though, but overall, I mean, there were some performances that really just, they ruined everything for me. Overall, this week had some ups and some downs. But across the board, what were some performances that stuck out to you? Because obviously there's always highs and there's always lows. But what are some highs and lows that stuck out to you that said, you know what, maybe you're the reason I lost or thank you very much. You're one of the reasons I won. Well, one of the lowest of the low was definitely Amari Cooper. Three catches, 24 yards. Uh, this game was supposed – this was this was one of those games. It was supposed to be a shootout. Mm -hmm. supposed to be, you know, Dak and Herbert and blah, 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 blah. Now, so Cooper was very disappointing. Um, so was Dak. CD has a good game, of course. But the Cooper-Dak connection after week one was very disappointing. But when you flip that, the Cowboys won. So, obviously, there's some good with that. The good was Elliott. And for me, the big bright spot, you probably didn't play him this week, but it was Tony Pollard, you know, oh, yeah, 13 carries, 109 rushing yards, touchdown, six points on uh, receptions. So giving you 23 fantasy points. 
this backfield looks like more of a timeshare after week two. Mm-hmm. And I'm beginning to think Pollard may be a good flex play week in and week out moving forward. Oh, I like that. Pollard has my flex. I would definitely not uh, be too upset with that, given right, that right now. For the most part, I would assume he's still out there in the waiver wire. So, I mean, you maybe have a shot at grabbing him. But uh, for me personally, I don't know how you feel, but I would come out. Holy smokes. After that performance that the Saints went out there and had week one against the Green Bay Packers, I was for sure. You know what? Alvin got himself 20 carries that first week, got himself some only four targets, but he caught three of them. It was great to watch in that first week. Week two comes around. They face the Panthers. Some would say a lesser defense than the Green Bay Packers. But to only give him eight touches on the ground, eight, less than half of what he had last week, that hurt, man. That that hurt my soul. If it wasn't for his four receptions, this could have been a very, very horrible performance. Even then, though, if you were not playing PPR, yo, I know you. For, I know for sure you're crying. Believe me, I feel your pain. Because even in PPR, he still got you less than 10 points. And for a guy that you more than likely took as a top five pick, oh, trust me, trust me. I know. I know the pain. For a second there, I mean, was Taysom Hill back at quarterback? Because I was having flashbacks of Camara's early stretch when Taysom Hill took over. It, it felt that way. Honestly, you know what? It, it felt like they just hated him. Like maybe he insulted Sean Payton. And Payton was like, you know what? We're just going to take you out of the game, bro. Good luck. Best of luck to you. What a real McAhole. On the opposite side, though, you said Amari Cooper screwed you. One of the guys that helped me was Cooper. Cup, though, not the other Cooper. Sorry, Cooper. Oh, my uh, gosh. This yeah, guy. No. Cooper Cup, though. I mean, what a freaking day this guy decided to go out there and have. Absolutely phenomenal. The thing that him and Matt Stafford have, apparently that is the connection that you just want on your team. If you have both of these guys on your squad, you are very happy with yourself. But Cooper Cup, 30-plus game. This, you know, If you benched him for some crazy reason, I know you have to behave yourself just a little bit because nine catches, over 150, or over 160, two touchdowns, just, you know what, Cooper? Thank you. Thank you, my good sir. I don't know if these, I doubt these numbers will continue, but that one stuck out to me. Cooper Cup, you're my savior this week. Thank you very much. Lance, you got any other uh, highs or low performances out there for these cats? Yeah, I have one more, and this was actually a really nice uh, jump up from this guy from week one. Cortland Sutton, you know, he went from three targets in week one to 12 in week two with the Judy injury, of course. But he gets you nine grabs for 159 yards. Doesn't even need to score you a touchdown, and he finishes with – you know, almost 25 fantasy points. So that was really nice to see because we really hoped after the disappointing week one with Judy's injury, which obviously we hate to see, but Sutton stepping up, him and Bridgewater have that connection because we we weren't sure. We thought maybe Judy would have more of that connection. So seeing that kind of puts me at ease to where to me, Cortland Sutton, if you have him, he is a, a, a play every week until judy gets back for sure whether it's a wide receiver three or even a flex you want to get him in your lineup so i was really happy to see that uh the the smu alum oh yeah definitely good to see that guy out there 
one more guy, and this one wasn't an electrifying performance by any means, but I like to see the success that Devin Singletary had for mm. the Buffalo Bills. He had one forty-six yarder for the touchdown. Now him and Zach Moss, who the hell knows what will happen there throughout the season. But seeing him be able to escape like that on my bench, I absolutely was very upset. But if you had Devin Singletary for some reason, someone that you took in the late rounds, you played him at your flex, or you you went zero running backs and you started him as one of your first two running backs, I know you had to feel very good about yourself and that performance he had. Will he keep it up? I highly doubt that, very much so. But if he can get away with this, maybe every other game or something like that, Devin Singletary might be a pretty decent running back by the time this season decides to end. So now, obviously, we got our good performances out there, and uh, some of those guys helped you. Some of those guys screwed you. We apologize for them. However, there are some players that have just been screwing you over. And as you start to wonder yourself, do I panic? Do I shoot this guy? Do I hold on? Do I, do I trade him? What's going on? Panic or not panic? So, Lance, I got, I got these people, all right? I got these people that they're on the hit list for most fantasy football players. You tell me if they should panic. Or if you should hold on, just believe, all right? Ryan Tannehill, quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, off to not the greatest of seasons, but what do you think? Yeah, Tannehill so far is quarterback 22 and 21 in these first two weeks. I don't think right now it's something to panic on him. This guy is talented. This guy can play. We know this. These first two weeks, we're going to chalk up as a little bit more of just whatever. You know, he's having a bad stretch. But I say do not do anything with him. Just hold tight. His next three matchups, he gets home against Indianapolis, then at the Jets, and then at Jacksonville. So I think these next three games are going to – if he doesn't bounce back on these next three games – then we may have uh, we may have an issue, but I definitely think he's someone that just you're you're good on. Like I would just not worry and and keep him in your lineup. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know what? For me, Ryan Tannehill, he did get robbed of a of a great touchdown to Julio Jones this past week. That one definitely hurt his fantasy football points, but definitely don't panic with Ryan. Not yet. After those three games that Lance mentioned, if by then things don't get better, then you start to panic. So one more guy here that I have, uh, actually, I got quite a few, but this one's a running back. Mr. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the first running back taken in 2020's draft class to that then Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, has not gotten off to a great start. How do we feel about this guy? Time to panic or uh, do we hold on tight? I really don't even need to think much about this one right now. It is sure as hell time to panic like your house is on fire. This guy is in the number one fantasy offense and he is sitting right now at RB 46. Last week, he does not even have a target. 13 carries, 46 yards with a fumble. And I, I'm speechless. You know, this was one of those guys that going into the season, we thought, okay, he's healthy. He played great last year before he got hurt, you know, underratingly so because he was a back-end running back one. And mm-hmm. now, like, I don't know what to do with him. I think right now 
maybe you give him one more week. They're playing the Chargers. We saw what the Dallas Cowboys running backs did against this defense. So maybe you give him – I mean, the, the one thing I'll give him credit for is he is getting the carries. He's not getting vultured by those. He's just not doing much. Even in the first week, he had 14 carries. 43 yards at least he had three catches but for some reason they don't want to seem to uh make him the pass catching running back that we thought he was going to be and then with him not doing what he's doing it already makes me think i've got Jarek mckinnon um on a few of these deeper dynasty teams as running back help I've, i'm cutting him in a couple to pick up some other guys there's no, so that tells me that even if Alec gets hurt there's not going to be any value uh, for McKinnon either. Maybe Darrell Williams, it could be some value because he knows that offense. And we know Andy Reid loves that guy based on the usage last year. Mm-hmm. But Alaire, I am panicking. What are you doing? No, I me mean, for me, I drafted this guy in the second round thinking, man, this is my guy. End of the second round, I have my guy here. I'm sold. But you know what? You're right. It's time to panic with this dude. You're not going to screw me over. Now, a guy that was a big surprise last year was James Robinson. How do you feel about this guy? So, Robinson, I think, is going to be a little bit better the longer we get into the season. We already look at the first two weeks where Carlos Hyde got nine carries in week one to two carries in week two. Robinson went from five carries to 11 carries week one to week two. So, slowly, it seems like Coach Urban Meyer – maybe is getting the point that Robinson is a little more talented back, but generally thinking on this offense, it has been pretty rough right now. You know, Trevor Lawrence has been throwing the interceptions. Uh, Marvin Jones has been consistent, but shark had a great week one, then a dud week two. So Robinson is a guy that I'm not panicking, but I'm also not, not panicking if that makes sense i'm kind of like in the middle where right now you could play him maybe in your flex and feel like okay and i think by mid-season robinson will be an rb2 because meyer's gonna just realize and he's already has after week one he he, he he's not playing favorite with carl's hyde at least at the moment now this could screw me come sunday and now hyde gets 10 carries and robinson gets two but I'm, I'm not really panicking on Robinson, uh, especially, you know, if you got if you had your draft early in the se- in the offseason where it was before the ATN injury, you didn't give up a lot of draft capital. That's true. If you were able to get him after the ATN injury, you definitely got him pretty late. So now you have a starting running back. He has gotten pretty decent carries, but we'll see how this translates going forward. Now, one guy that has been getting carries, although uh, his his points haven't been horrifying by any means but they haven't been stellar like a lot of people may thought of of a breakout year talking about running back for washington all right mr antonio gibson i personally said it on this podcast many times this offseason i love this dude guy can catch run do whatever he is asked to do damn it i love watching this boy play but for some reason maybe that offensive line for the washington football team is just not doing anything he had 20 rushes the first game, 13 the next one. They started falling off. I'm not sure if that's just because McKissick is in the picture, which he did grab those touchdowns. What an a-hole. But for some reason, this Ron Rivera just doesn't have that full faith on him that he could have that McCaffrey role that Ron Rivera knows. You know, Antonio Gibson can do this. 
he's showing you he can catch the ball. This guy is fast, but it also doesn't hurt. It doesn't help him when he's fumbling the ball at the end of the game, whenever he's costing himself some dumb penalties out there. Like, Antonio Gibson, do not panic on him just yet. Hold on. He will get his stuff together. I say by about week five or six, you will be ecstatic that you have him, and he'll be back to putting up those 15-plus numbers per week. How do you feel about Gibson, though, Lance? Well, Thursday night should have been a damn precursor for me to how the weekend was going to go because we're sitting there watching Gibson on all these drives. He's killing it when he's running the ball, killing it, and yet then they're bringing in McKissick, which the frustrations just are, are we're never ending in that game. I'm not panicking either, and here's why. Even if he doesn't get the passing uses and McKissick gets that, we've kind of baked that into where we were taking him and understanding he wasn't going to probably catch the ball as much because they they don't want him in there on third down. Mm -hmm. So here's the bright spot is you look at the carries week one and week two. He has 20 carries. The others had running backs in the backfield had three, two, one, and one. And then in week two, Gibson had 13, and then two others had four and four. So he is still dominating the touches, running the ball. Anything you can get in the passing game is a bonus. And then obviously he should get a touchdown. Um, but I really thought Gibson was going to score a TD Thursday night, but obviously, you know, that didn't happen. But definitely I'm with you. No panic. Don't panic. If you have an owner in your league that is panicking, then try to take that advantage and put an offer out there. You never know. It would be nice for me to be able to find someone that can panic. Now, we got one more guy on the panic or don't panic list, and that is a guy that not too long ago he was regarded to be the best at his position before a guy named Travis Kelsey decided to explode on the scene and obviously show off his talent, but still regarded as a top two tight end, Mr. George Kittle. Now, obviously, this season has been wild, but Lance – is it time to hit the panic button on a guy that was going as a second tight end in most leagues? No, I'm not panicking. And in fact, I'm doing the opposite. I'm trying to buy, get additional stock of Kittle. If I can get it where people will give it to me, here's the deal. You know, the first two games, the game script didn't necessarily help Kittle's cause. Now you look at two things. Number one, he is currently tied in 12, eight points separate tight end five all the way up to where he is at, at tight end 12, eight points. That's, that's it. So within a snap of a, a game, he's going to be back in the top five before we know it. Next three games, green Bay, Arizona, Seattle, and then they have a bye week What kind of a game script do we think we're going to anticipate no matter who the quarterback is for San Francisco in these three games? What do we think is going to be more likely to happen? I think they'll have to be playing catch-up football, especially with the running back situation they currently have. Not only that, one of my favorite stats that I like seeing on paper and when I watch him play, my guy Kittle has nine targets and eight catches. If the ball flies his way, it is being caught. So I love this guy. If I can buy him, get him because even though he did go as a second tight end in most leagues, everybody that drafted him might be thinking to themselves, damn, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I can get a good running back out of this. Go do it. You know, find, find him a Devin Singletary to ship them off their way if they're dumb enough to take that move. But go get Kittle some form of way or another because like Lance told you, eight points is nothing. That's a touchdown for 10 yards. 
That's easily eight points. Bam, just like that. He's back in the top five. All right, so uh, moving forward, though, all right, those guys you should not panic on, or maybe you should, you know, maybe if you have a Clyde, definitely panic if I was you. But nevertheless, (laughs) we do have a ton of games to get to. So, Lance, we'll be going through these games, you know, who to start, who to bench, who's going to have a great day, maybe some uh, secret guys in there that may be able to pop off in there. But we're going to start things off out of the gate with the L.A. Chargers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. How do you feel about this matchup? Well, like I thought last week, this could be a shootout. You know, I, I, I would hope you want to basically play anyone involved with it. Let me start this off by saying, though, um, Mike Williams, like, um, can he – let me ask you. Mike Williams, so he right now is wide receiver five. So, yep. by, by the way, if I could just run this by you. So, going into week three, okay, mm-hmm. the top five – Wide receivers, would you have guessed? It's Cooper Cup, Lockett, Depot, Thielen, Mike Williams. Out of all of those, the only one that I could have guessed, and it would have been because he's such a boomer bust, would be Tyler Lockett. Lockett, yeah, me, me too. So Mike Williams, wide receiver five. He has been killing it. They've been playing him at this X receiver position. They got that new offensive coordinator, I think Mr. Lombardi, that uh, came from New Orleans. And so... Rudy, please tell me, help help me with this. If I have Mike Williams on my team, can I continue to play him in this capacity or do I need to sell high? Well, for this game and this game only, I would say keep him for this one one more week because I think this is the game where Justin Herbert has only had two touchdowns, one in each game this past week. It's about time for this man to go out there and get his four-touchdown game. And you know what? The way Mike Williams is playing – you know the Honey Badger and Company are going to be keeping nine Keenan Allen still. So Mike Williams may be a huge game. Then after that, if you maybe want to ship him off, I mean, completely up to the owner. He will definitely have some very high value. But at the end of this game, I get a good feeling that Mike Evans, uh, Mike Williams will be at a very, very high valuable person. And then Austin Eckler, we're really happy to see last week he went from zero targets, zero catches week one, nine catches, 61 yards on nine targets, adding 54 yards rushing. Dude doesn't even score a touchdown, and he now gets you 22 points and now currently is RB7. So Eckler, definitely fire him up. Fire Herbert up on the Chargers side. Is there anyone else I'm forgetting on the L.A. side of the ball? I mean, the only one that I may question would be Jared Cook the tight end position because obviously the chiefs, you know, those guys with their tight end situation over there, how they do covering them isn't great, but would Jared cook be someone that you take a stab at? Maybe, but you know, he falls into that category of if you're desperate at tight end, play this guy, this guy, this guy, like this week cook, I put in the same category as a guy like Mike Gesicki that like, if you're desperate, he could maybe do something. Uh, but I don't know if I would want to trust it, if I was going to trust someone cook would cooks on my, my list of, of guys that if I don't have one of those top seven that I'm considering, but, uh, but I don't know, I don't honestly don't have him on any of my teams. So I actually won't be uh, probably see myself picking himself, picking him up anywhere. All righty. That makes sense. Now on the Kansas city side, obviously uh Mahomey, you know, you fire that guy up Tyreek and Travis. But aside from these three guys, what other person do you think should go on here? Like we were just talking about, 
Clyde, is that someone that you put in this game and you see what the what the dice have in store for you? I think with Clyde, you give him one more week. I don't just be because we do think it could be just a volatile matchup going back and forth. It's in Kansas City as well. So maybe that will uh, help. I don't know, but I would put him in and hope hope for the best. You know, I I I think this guy is uh, so hard. It's so hard to like figure out. But I have him on a few of my teams, and I'm pretty certain on all of them. I don't have too many better options, but let me, I will throw this out to you though. I will throw this out to you real quick though. I've got on one team where you play two running backs and you can play a, play a, play a flex with the running back there. So here are my running backs, Clyde, Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt, Javante Williams. Uh, So, and then, um, oh yeah. So, okay. So I got those four. Now I can also play, you can also play a receiver in that flex, which I'm very deep at receiver, nice. but out, out of those running backs, like as far as even the, the starting two, like I'm considering, I have to go probably Alaire and I think Davis, but you know, would you, would you play Clyde if you were me on that team? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I would lean a little bit towards Javante, given that they're playing the Jets and last week him and Melvin Gordon had the exact same number of rushes. But Javante outrushed him. So on that note, I would give the rookie the flip and see if my prediction of him taking over in the first month starts to come into play. That would be uh, freaking awesome. But, I mean, we'll see. I, I would That would just be a shot that I would be willing to take. But if you're deep at receiver and you can play him, I mean, maybe that's the way to go because Clyde has yet to do anything for me that I feel strong about, and I don't think that he can win me a matchup unless I, I'm very favored to win over my opponent that week. Yeah, and as far as these receivers go for Kansas City, number one. Oh my God! Yeah, just we're not we're not panicking on Tyreek Hill. It's fine. No, no, guys. definitely don't do that. It's fine. It's fine. But as far as the other guys, Pringle, Robinson, Hart, uh, Mikol, there's not a defined wide receiver two in this offense. It's Kelsey, Kelsey Hill, and Mahomes, and like any other guys could yeah go off, but. If, again, if you need a plug-and-play guy, you know, Hardman could be someone. Uh, he did have a decent game last week, but uh, I, I would maybe still try to find better options than going for any of these guys in this in this game. 100%. Uh, moving forward, uh, we do got the um, an AFC North matchup, a battle for the death over there. The Cincinnati Bengals take on – not the Baltimore Ravens. They take on the Pittsburgh Steelers over there who just lost their first home game. Um, that was a very tough one out there. Lost to the Raiders. How do you feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers going into this matchup? Well, Ben's not practicing, and he comes out and says, I'm going to do everything I can or whatever it was to, to make myself in the best possible position to play Sunday. I'm just – what what – what, what are we, I mean, what are we doing here? Like, you know, he was supposedly had this really good off season and he's yeah. ready to go. And here we are again, hurt and not looking good anyways, when he is playing, how do you trust any of these receivers? I mean, I hope Deontay is healthy, but Mason Rudolph, is he going to be the one that starts if Ben doesn't? I mean, yeah, because right now they're still uh, putting Dewey Haskins on the, on one of those seven spots where they, they're inactive for the week. 
But if I'm me, if I'm the coaches over there, I'm starting Dewey Haskins. You know what, Ben? If, if you're going to be like this, bro, I'm giving the young buck a, a chance here. He got drafted in the first round. I've seen what Mason Rudolph can do. It's too on and off. I'm going to give Haskins a shot. But until then, I mean, their quarterback position is still a little bit iffy. Now, the running back they drafted in the first round seemed to have a pretty good game this past <laughs> week against the Dude, Raiders. that stiff arm? Wow. Holy, I, bro. <laughs> I fell off my chair watching that one. It was nasty out there. He, like, stiff-armed you through the TV. Yeah, I mean, literally. It was like a 3D, but it was his freaking hand that came through there and punched me in the mouth. But still, 38 yards on the ground for Najee Harris. Any concern for you here? I'm not concerned because the other part happened that we talked about in the preseason. He, he, yeah, okay, 10 carries, 38 yards, but five catch, take away the touchdown, but five catches for 43 yards. We did say that even if they can't run the ball, which we knew they might not be able to, he would still get some of those catches. So whether it's Rudolph, whether it's, you know, um, Neil O'Donnell comes out of retirement to play for the Steelers. Somebody. They're going to dump it off to Najee Harris, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, man, is Neil O'Donnell before your time? Because you didn't even act like I knew you knew who yeah, I was. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I was like, yeah, man, that sounds cool, man. Cool ass name. He, he played against the uh, Cowboys in the Super Bowl in the late 90s. He started oh, for the Steelers. I was like, actually, I was like three or <laughs> I was four whenever that was happening, man. Well, if you get the Neil O'Donnell reference, I thank you for listening. I appreciate it. If you don't, <laughs> thank you, my millennials. And, uh, generation whatever z i think it is god i don't even know yeah whatever it's whatever Whatever letter of the alphabet it is yeah but how about juju over there i mean six receptions him and deontay is uh those two guys starts for you this week against the Bengals. uh i i think it depends on who the quarterback is if ben is in there yes they both are if ben is not I think maybe I'm just trusting Deontay if he plays because he's banged up as well. So I don't know his his status yet. I don't think we know for sure. Um, if he's out, then, yeah, I play Juju. Um, Claypool, well, I love him as a player. He's way too volatile. And with the quarterback situation being also volatile, it is not a good combination, although he's probably got a game coming up, and it could be against Cincinnati where he scores three touchdowns. Yep. but. If it's Mason Rudolph, I don't think he's getting there. Yeah, no, I definitely it would be. It, I highly doubt it happens with Rudolph at the gun. Now, flip it over to the other side, though. We got good old Joe Burrow, you know, the comeback player of the year in some people's eyes, mainly Bengals fans. But this guy has a chance to go do it. Joe Mixon out there still running pretty hard. 69, carries, uh, 69 yards, those 20 rushing yards. And overall, that offense at times looks explosive at times, looked super lost. So against the Pittsburgh in a divisional matchup, how do you see Joey B and company faring? Double check. Is this game in Pittsburgh? Is it in Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, yes, sir. I would almost be willing to guarantee you, bro, I can find 12 quarterbacks I would prefer to start this week over Burrow playing in Pittsburgh, given Burrow's start to this season. I don't I, I, I don't think I like him very much. He's coming in at quarterback 23. Damn. He throws three interceptions last yep. week. He gets you two touchdowns, but 19 of 30, 19 of 30 for 207 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. That's at Chicago. Now he's playing at Pittsburgh. 
Do we really think he's going to do better than 15 fantasy points in this matchup? I, I, I don't. So I'm not condoning playing Joe Burrow, but I think you can play, you can play Higgins and I think you can play, play the receivers uh, uh, at your discretion. But I think one of them is going to be good for like a long touchdown. Oh yeah. hundred percent. One of them. And I think that one, I love T Higgins so damn much. But I think that one is going to go to old reliable Tyler Boyd, who led the team in receptions last year and in, I mean, last week and in yards. So he had a pretty big game last week. Maybe he's starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, even though Jamar Chase did grab himself another touchdown for the second week in a row. I think this one's going to belong to Tyler Boyd. Like you said, that one long touchdown, maybe for like 40, 50 yards, I'd be willing to bank on Boyd on that one. But Mixon. Do you start this man against that stupid, great defensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers? I th- I think you have to if he's on your squad. Here's the thing. This is a positive stat that I found. Currently, so far this season, Joe Mixon is playing on 84% of the pass plays designed for Cincinnati. 84%. That's compared to, like, I think it was low 50% last year. So. Even if he doesn't get you the rushes in this game, if they're going to have to just deal with the passing game, he's going out in the flat, catching some balls. I think you can trust him. I mean, he's currently RB8 overall. Yes, he had a dud last week. He had 20 carries for 69 yards, like 20 carries. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, One catch on two targets, but – you know, week one, he had four catches for 23 yards. So I really think in this game, he'll get you better than those eight points. He may not get you the 25, obviously, but I think he falls in that 15 to 20 point range. As worst case, his floor is an RB2, a back end RB2. But if he gets you a touchdown and gets you four or five catches with whatever rushing yards he can get, he could be a back end RB1. So I say get him in your lineup. Already. Hopefully, uh, Sure, make some make some things uh make some damage out there against Pittsburgh. We'll see what happens. Next game we got, we got this one. This was a great one. I'll be honest with you. I can see this game being the conference final game for the NFC. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going at it with the LA Rams. That one is gonna be freaking great. And I told you earlier when we started the show, I went five and one. That one loss was against my boy Reggie, whom I hate very much right now because he has. He's pretty much Tampa Bay. Like, he's that guy. Tom Brady at the gun. Mike Evans somewhere sprinkled in there. Gronkowski, the Tampa Bay defense. It was just ridiculous to see his team, and they stomped me out. Do you do the same thing this week where you, if you have all these players, you put every one of them in against the Rams? Well, you don't want to play Antonio Brown because I don't think he is going to play Sunday. He just tested positive for uh, COVID. And um, I don't think he's going to have enough time to now he's vaccinated from what I know, because I think Tampa, the whole team was one of those reports that they fully vaccinated, but he did catch it. He was in the protocol. So I don't think we're going to have him. So that means you extra, 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 you fire up maybe Evans and Godwin, Mm -hmm. but you know, I don't know, though, do you? Because Ramsey's still hanging around out there. So That's what I was just about to tell you. How much do you trust those receivers, actually? Uh, I would go with Godwin if I had to go one of the two. I love Mike Evans way more as a player, but Jalen Ramsey is a damn fool. 
I watched this guy play football, and this guy somehow has his eye on the receiver, one on the quarterback, and is down to be physical. And one thing about Mike Evans, he was out there fighting for his life in week one against good old Trevon Diggs, which is a good corner. Jalen Ramsey, a lot, a lot better than that. So best of luck to you, Mike Evans. For me, this guy, Mike Evans, won't touch eight points this week. Can I make a quick comment on uh, Jalen Ramsey's uh, play last last week? So this was more about the commentating on the game. But real quick, it's funny. It, this really made me laugh. We know Jalen Ramsey is a top three, top two cornerback in this league, if not number one, although I still put him slightly behind Xavier Howard. But the game last week, okay, <laughs> Jacob Eason comes into the game for the Colts after Wentz gets hurt. Mm-hmm. He hadn't played all game. He comes in, two-minute drill. First play, he throws it, which Naheem Hines was available in the slot, which he didn't. He missed. And he <laughs> tries to throw it. He he tries to throw it to the to, to the to the side. Ramsey intercepts it on the first play, and the announcer goes, uh, "I don't even know who it was, but he goes, now that that is a playmaker. Make it a play when it counts. That's <laughs> that's what you do." And I'm I'm like, bro. It's, it's it's Jacob Eason. The, the pass was terrible. I, I could have made that pick, okay, <laughs> in that moment. Ramsey is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but come on. He better have damn made that play. Yep, especially for uh, what they're paying him. Better make that play. Head. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, though, so uh, what about the running back situation for, for no. good old Tampa Bay? Nobody, huh? No, I don't like them. I don't like them. Fournette had a decent game. Did, but did, did I, you see how the Bruce Aries was like, hey, Ronnie, you're our starter? He told him last week before the game, you're our starter, my guy. And then what the hell happened to Ronnie over there, man? I Jesus. I, I ask myself that every day. This is why I don't have one share of Ronald Jones on any 40 of my teams. <laughs> I, I don't have one. And it's because of that. You know, if we sit there and we break it down, he had six carries. Fournette had 11. Yep. I mean, Blaine Gabbert had 50% of Ronald Jones's carries in the oh, game. God. He had oh, three. God. Like, I mean, and of course you, oh, but you know what though? Hey, Mr. Ronald can help you out in the passing game, right? Oh, maybe, one maybe. catch for nine yards. <laughs> oh my God. Bro, like, bro, what what if you have uh if you have Ronald Jones on your team, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Garrett, Garrett, uh, Garrett, Garrett, you were talking to me about Ronald Jones, how much you like him. I know you've got stock of him. I'm so sorry for you, bro. I'm yep. Sorry. Sell. You know what? If you can get a bag of popcorn, take it. Oh, uh, now for the opposite side of that, the LA Rams, obviously, you know what? Matt Stafford still playing great. Which I'm gonna have a side note real quick. One of the guys in that redraft league that we're both in dropped Matt Stafford for Derek Carr. Personally, very questionable call. But you know what? To his throw. If and I did that, not have Lamar on that team already, oh my yeah, no, I'm trying to grab him. I'm hoping my waiver wire uh, is high enough to be able to grab him. We'll see what happens, but I doubt it. I'm number four. Anyways, so Matt Stafford playing great. Obviously, Cooper Cup, what a monster out there. But Robert Woods, do you fire this man up? Yeah, against this Tampa Bay secondary, I think they seem to keep losing cornerbacks left and right. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, but yeah. This is a funnel pass off a defense that Matt Stafford should ideally have a field day. I like Higby. I like Woods. 
We love Cup, of course, Mr. Wide Receiver 1. But I definitely think this is a game where Woods and Cup could both finish as wide receiver 1s. And uh, tied, uh, Higby can finish as the tight end one. The other thing, too, and, and as well, is we don't know if Daryl Henderson is going to play. Mm-hmm. So, Tony Michelle, if you have him stashed away, he may be a good uh, – well, actually, I'm just thinking kind of this through right now. No, don't play Michelle because we know that Tampa Bay defense is pretty sick. So, this could be just a passing game for mm-hmm. the Rams. Play your pass catchers. Maybe you slip in a Van Jefferson. Um, hey, by the way, you played Deshaun Jackson last week. How'd that go? Yeah, you know what? That piece of garbage. I I told you I am a sucker. Like I'll be the guy that I'll, I'll trash you the whole week. You know what? You suck. You're gonna have a terrible game. Blah blah blah. But if you post on Twitter, on Instagram, somewhere cool, these awesome sneakers, and you're like, bro, I'm gonna play in these badass cleats. I'm a sucker for that. I'm like. You know what? That guy's feeling good today. That, let's see what happens. Throw him in the game. Let's go. I'm a sucker for that. I'm not even going to lie to you. Did he even have a catch, though? Yeah, I, I've, I'll be honest with you. I forgot that he was in the game, and I watched it. I was like, where the fuck are you, Deshaun? I mean, where the hell? Why would this man wear death row sneakers, and then he's the one that gets killed out there? Fuck, man. Not one catch, bro. The week before that, you had two. Yeah, I, I don't doesn't even look like I'm looking at the bot score now. I don't even think he had a, a, a target. Um, but you know, that's okay. You learned your lesson. Don't do that again. I'm still going. Anyone that has cool sneakers, like Stefan Diggs, also has some cool sneakers. I went with that guy grabbing my tutty, but I mean I was gonna go Diggs regardless. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot right now. Right now, let's say Sunday today. morning or today, Ronald Jones posts. Some sweet uh, anime cleats on oh his in, in his Instagram, and he's like, you know, ready to anime it up, and I'm gonna kill it. <laughs> All right, are you gonna if you have him on any of your teams, or if he was available as a free agent, are you picking him up and playing him? Because I want to test this theory right now. If, if they are Rockley, and he's like, bro, the weights are coming off, and he has Rockley shoes, I'm telling you, just fuck you, do it. I, I'm a moron, bro. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm just like. Oh, man. So let's do let's go. That that's why on Sunday morning, if anyone has cool cleats, don't ask me for advice. Because I will tell you, start that person. I love you are a cleats. man of you're a man of conviction, and this is why I love you. <laughs> I will stick to my guns there. But yeah, though, so uh the Van Jefferson pick, and uh hopefully he does end up doing something this game. I mean, I'll be honest with you, that speed can definitely get behind this secondary. Now uh the Seattle Seahawks are a team that know how to get behind teams. And the Minnesota Vikings are another team that are allowing people to get behind them. So big games for DK and Tyler Lockett here, or what's up? Well, did you see Pete Carroll's uh, like post-game quote calling out Russell Wilson? What? Yeah. Russ is cooking. Dude, so here's what – so real quick, and for anybody that, that hadn't had seen this, so after the game – so they the game goes into overtime. They they, uh, they lost, right? Yep, yeah. Oh, no, no, they barely eked out the win over there. Did they win right. in overtime? I, You know, I'm actually – I. it was such a blur last week. They, they lost to the Titans. That's what it was. Yes. Okay, so they lose to the Titans in over – yeah, because Derrick Henry was yep. King Henry. So Seattle gets the ball first in overtime, though, right? And they go three and out, and then Tennessee gets the ball. The rest is history. Carroll comes out and says, he doesn't say, well, you know, we as a team, we need to do better in overtime. We, you know, he specifically said, if Russell Wilson, Russell could have done better, 
you know, it would have given us a better chance to win the game. I wish he could have done better in overtime. And I'm like, that's terrible, man. Like, just put it on the team. Talk to him separately. That's fine. But how are you going to call this man out when he he was balling out? He's thrown for 342 yards, three yards, and a couple of touchdowns and made plays for you. He should have brought out his defense. Hey, man, if one of you morons could tackle one man, we wouldn't be in this situation. But, yes, to answer, go back and answer your question, lock it, DK, fire him up. You know, lock it. it I, I still have this weird feeling that he's going to be more consistent this year. Like, it might be not so boom or bust. It may be boom and then a little baby boom mm, and a baby okay. boom. Maybe like you an 11-point um, game or something like that. Yeah, but I will say this: can 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 DK get some love though? Like you know, six Seriously. for fifty three is not terrible, but I, I don't know why they're doing. It. Maybe because they know after this year, DK can go out and get that monster contract. Maybe they're like, you know, what if we limit him? You know, maybe he won't ask for much. I don't know, but that's a dick move, man. DK is a freaking beast mode. And speaking of, did you see Chris Carson out there just mugging through that crowd? grabbing those tutties. How do you feel about him going into this game? Yeah, definitely Carson, you know, was an RB2, possibly back-end RB1. Uh, you know better about me than about the defense. It's the Minnesota run defense. Uh, how are they doing so far this year? Can Man. we trust Carson? Uh, you, I, I would trust Carson because, again, his workout videos that he posted up this weekend, I mean, over the offseason, I, I'm just I, – I got sold on that immediately. Out the gate, I was like, yo, here's a guy that he can go out there and handle the business. So for me, Carson, start him no matter what, easily. Like, don't screw that Minnesota defense. None of those guys are going to destroy you. I think Chris Carson finishes as about a back-end wide receiver, uh, back-end running back one, maybe even the top six. Oh, can I say something, too, real quick about Chris Carson uh, and that running back situation? If you do have Carson on your bench, if you have – or not – if you have him on your team, I'm sorry. If Carson on your team and you have a bench spot available, I think you need to go ahead and be proactive and pick up Alex Collins as his handcuff. Carson does have an injury history, and Collins looked good even though it was one run. He looked good in the preseason as well. Penny's still hurt. I think Alex Collins is the backup you want to secure Chris Carson in the Seattle backfield in case of injury. Most definitely. That would definitely help out your team in the long run because depth is very crucial to having a good fantasy football team. Now, for the Minnesota Vikings offense, Dalvin Cook is a go. Thielen and uh, Jefferson are a go. But is Kirk Cousin a go there for you? Uh, y- yes. Y- yes, I definitely think so. You know, when we're sitting here looking at Kirk Cousins and what he's been doing so far this year. Right now, he is quarterback 10. I mean, the dude threw, what, three touchdown passes in the first half last week, which we thought maybe – I thought maybe it was going to be a bigger game Mm -hmm. for him than what it was, but he still gets you 27 points. He didn't throw any interceptions. So the man, whether he's surrounded by plexiglass or no plexiglass, he is on fire right now. And so – Let's uh, just hope he'll be able to continue that. This could could be a you know a shootout. It's in Minnesota. It's their home opener. So I think you fire up Cousins. You fire up Jefferson. Um, but here's what is, who is this receiver? Who is this receiver, bro, for Minnesota that kind of has come out of nowhere these first two weeks instilling 
these 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 fantasy points. Who is this guy? KJ Osborne, man. You know what? That's the guy right there. Yeah. Obviously, the big touchdown that he had last week, it was freaking awesome to see this guy play. I I think he's the big reason why Justin Jefferson has not gotten to escape for that top three spot that he definitely should be at right now. But if KJ is able to keep this up, hopefully he's on most of your teams right now because worst-case scenario, I mean, you didn't have to draft him. He's a guy that you could consider as your fifth receiver. But as you can see by his points, I mean, this guy is definitely worth at least a flex for you right now. And I mean, it makes me it makes me wonder too: Can Cousins support three fantasy relevant wide receivers in this offense? Can he sustain this? Well, see, that's what I was about to get to. Is do you think this is going to be a situation like how Joe Burrow has T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd, where yes, three good receivers, but for the most part, maybe one at most two of those guys will be fantasy football relevant. And the third guy will have a couple points, but not enough to make a big difference. Or are these three guys that you can see each one of them hitting double-digit points with Kirk Cousins? Jefferson and Thielen obviously can and will do that. Osborne is obviously the one wild card. He's on a hot streak right now. These have been actually good matchups. So that could subside. But if I have Jefferson or Thielen, it also makes me want to see if I can get Osborne as a wide receiver handcuff because we don't really do those too often, but this is a possible scenario that you might want to consider because if Jefferson or Thielen go out, Osborne maintains what he's doing now. As a third receiver, I don't know if he'll be able to continue that for the rest of the season, but if he if Osborne can finish as a top 36 wide receiver, a wide receiver three, even back end. That's damn impressive given how much they run the ball with Dalvin Cook. Definitely. The way that Dalvin Cook runs that ball, I mean, you would think that their receivers' numbers would be lacking. But for some reason, they just keep on keeping on. Now, uh, the Monday night game, that was going to be very fun. The Philadelphia Eagles battle the Dallas Cowboys, both one and one, two quarterbacks that both have the potential to be top two, if not number one in fantasy football any given week with their running ability and their passing abilities, now face off in a primetime game, in a game in which that could come back and save your fantasy football team. How do you feel about this game? Because there are tons of players that I am very curious on which ones I should start and which ones I shouldn't. Well, let's let's hit the, the Eagles first. First of all, last week, if you watched any of that game, Jalen Rieger had a sick touchdown grab and it got called back due to a penalty. And oh my gosh, it was pretty amazing. And then, you know, uh, Devontae Smith did have a down game after week two, but I'm not worried about him. I would still fire him up. Jalen Hurts gets off to a slow start in that game, but he finishes really well with 82 rushing yards, gets you the rushing touchdown, still throws for a buck 90. So I think Jalen Hurts, I will say this right now, I think by the end of Monday night, at the end of week three stats, Jalen Hurts finishes as a top three fantasy quarterback. Oh, man, how much I would love you for that if that happens. That would be absolutely great over there. Now, the Miles Sanders things, though, how do you feel about that running back situation? Because as you've seen, Kenneth Gainwell is kind of gaining up and creeping up on those touches. 
Yeah, he he is. You still have to trust the talent. I think when it, when it when it comes to Miles Sanders, um, looking at the box score from last week. Yeah, I mean, Gainwell had six carries. Sanders still had thirteen, which you you know, which was not terrible. That game, the game flow, game script was just very like weird in that game. I thought we were going to have more points than what we did, and we just didn't. You had that, you know, Quintess. Uh, I'm sorry, Quez Watkins, ninety-one yard, you know, catch, but no touchdown you know, from him and then Devontae doing what he did, got her two for 24. Ertz, I think, got hurt, right? Um, So I think it was just a a funky game. So Sanders, better days ahead. And I think, you know, Monday night, um, how's that Cowboys run defense looking? Can Sanders, you you know, know do some damage? I'm not going to say they're great because they they are missing still two of their, uh, their starting defensive ends. They have the rookie that they drafted as a linebacker playing defensive end, so. That one wasn't that great. And as you saw, Austin Eckler started getting back into his groove against Dallas. So I do like the running backs. But I love more than anything in this game, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. The tight ends against Dallas whenever we play the Eagles is atrocious. One of those guys is bound to get in the end zone, if not both of them. I hate that so much. But if Zach Ertz, who was on the COVID list, I, I, I still think he's on there. I'm not sure if we make it for that Monday night by the time he gets off. Dallas Goddard, if he's the one-man band there, you start this guy and he will be a top four tight end this week against the Dallas Cowboys. So do you think that's that's a good that's a good thing to throw out there? So if I have Dallas Goddard and let's just say I have another tight end, like maybe say Logan Thomas okay. or somebody like that, do you go ahead and take the risk that Goddard could st- have to split time with Ertz Monday night in that matchup? And then take the risk that Ertz doesn't play and you get Goddard production all to yourself? Or do you make the safe play of play like Thomas or, um, gosh, who's another one I'm thinking of? I, I don't know. Let's say even like Cole Komet or yep. Mike Gesicki or uh, Tyler Higby, mm-hmm. right? Would you, w- what's the risk versus reward that you want to take a chance on? Um, I would still shoot my shot with Dallas Goddard because even with Zach Ertz there, I still think he's a safe top 12 tight end this week. The Dallas Cowboys are just very bad. And Jalen Smith cannot cover Dallas Goddard to save his life. We have uh, Lane Vanderich who's obviously healthy for the Cowboys, but for the moment, they've given him the duty to mirror running backs. So whatever tight end, we'll still have to face Jalen Smith, whom even though he is a great story for the NFL, cannot cover tight ends to save his life. One way or another, whichever one is back there, I still think Dallas got her scores. If not, he he racks up over 80 yards with about five or six catches nonetheless. I love it. I love it. Let's hope that happens. I've got Goddard in a few teams. So let's let's uh, let's go. Yeah, buddy. Now on the opposite side, um, obviously you talked about the Zeke thing. Uh, how do you feel about these guys going into it? Do you start Ezekiel Elliott or are you uh maybe you decide, you know what, not today, and you go Pollard in as your flex? Because I'm guessing by now. Whomever has Zeke more than likely tagged up and grabbed the handcuff. You know, you would you would think that, but sometimes in some in some of these leagues that I was in, Pollard uh, was going earlier than I think the Zeke owner thought and didn't mm. get him. And that even happened to me on um, on actually one of my dynasty teams. I had Zeke and I was trying to grab Pollard, and he went like a, just a round earlier than where I would, thought I could oh. get him at, and I didn't end up with him. So you can have some people that 
just have him by himself and then some that have both. I think in any scenario right now, you have to seriously consider Tony Pollard as a viable flex option at minimum. He is getting touches in this offense. These offensive coaches really seem to know what the hell they're doing. It's funny now that Jason Garrett is gone, how much this offense looks uh, differently. So if I have both, say I have Zeke and I have Pollard, I'm looking at my other running back options. But you know what? I could see a scenario where I play Zeke as my RB1 on my team, and then I've got whoever my RB2 is, and then my flex, I'm looking at all of my options, and golly, primetime, Monday Night Football, Philadelphia rivalry game, opening night in Arlington for the game. Oh, yeah, I'll be right there, too. Are you going? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be out there yelling at uh, Jalen Hurts, but at the same time, you know, it kind of sucks because I'll have him on my <laughs> fantasy team. You know, it's kind of You're going to wear your Hurts jersey? You're going to wear yeah. your Hurts jersey? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm aware of my regular fantasy jersey. You better be careful out there wearing yeah. an Eagles jersey. Oh, I, I've been to three Eagles games and every single time. Fights always break out. It's the it's the worst game to go to, I'll be honest with you. Why are you going then? Because it's the first game of the season. I just oh, I always yep. go to the first ones. Oh, hey, that's okay. That's going to be fun. So I think it's going to be electric. I think you play both guys if you can get them in your lineup, though. Um, Receiver-wise, now how's Amari Cooper doing? He's banged up, right? Yeah, you know what? It looks like he's banged up, but for some reason, I I think he'll get the start nevertheless. He'll he'll buck up even if he doesn't practice the remainder of the week. Once game day comes, they'll announce, oh, Amari Cooper playing through XYZ injury because that's what Amari Cooper wants to do which is why I think C.D. Lamb is going to just set this game on fire. One way or another, him and Dak Prescott are going to hook up minimum two touchdowns this week. Nice. If you're looking for a desperate flex play in the game, maybe you don't have a Tony Pollard. I think in this game, Cedric Wilson is Mm -hmm. also someone you could look at. Yep. 100%. If Cedric Wilson gets in that game, that dude is very loved by Dak Prescott, especially on deep routes. Most of them always have that one speed so they can go long. That's what Cedric Wilson serves as. Plus, this guy plays both outside and inside, so very smart when it comes to the offense. He definitely makes some things happen. Cedric Wilson would not be a bad play whatsoever, especially in the absence of good old Michael Gallup. The tight ends do not start Schultz this week. He will be asked to help on the line a lot because Terrence Steele is still at right tackle, the third string right tackle for the Cowboys. So if anyone's going to go open, it'll be Blake Jarwin, but Still, trust me, there are way better options than that route. So, again, if you guys haven't already, don't forget, you can still follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Late Round Flyers. You can always talk to us about all things fantasy football, day or night, one way or another. We will get to you because that's what we do around here. So, we do have a ton of more games to cover, but uh, we're definitely going to speed things up because, again, security around this building is very tight and they will kick us out at any given moment. So Washington at Buffalo, Lance, how do you feel? Yes, so Washington versus Buffalo. So Tyler Heineke, you know, who subbed in for Fitzpatrick last week, uh, being out. Heineke looks like he could actually be the quarterback for this team for the rest of the the season based on his performance, uh, you know, uh, last Thursday night. He was quarterback 12. So I definitely think you're not playing Heineke this week against this Buffalo defense. We've 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 saw what they did to Miami last week, even whether it was a backup quarterback or Tua. So 
you're not playing Heineke, but I think though, more importantly, you can still trust the other offensive pass catchers or offensive weapons that Heine Fitzpatrick to Heineke isn't a huge downgrade. So McLaurin, Gibson, Logan Thomas, I think are okay. I think you, you're not gonna have better options than those guys to play at their respective positions. Uh, Adam Humphreys got eight targets, but I don't, I don't not trust any other of those pass catchers. We talked about J.D. McKissick earlier. He's not going away. You just have to to deal with him and uh, hope for the best as far as Gibson goes. But if you have McKissick, this could be one of those uh, game scripts that if Josh Allen decides he does want to go off and become the quarterback he was last year and they get behind, it may be more McKissick catching the ball. So if you have him, you may want to plug him as your flex. Looking at Buffalo, RDA, you already talked about Singletary earlier in this episode. You know, he was RB12 last week. Moss was RB15. Washington does have a really good run defense, so I don't trust either one of them this week. Here's what I do think is going to happen, though. Josh Allen is going to have a blow-up game. I mean, you look at Daniel Jones. He rushed for 95 yards against this Washington football team defense last week. So Josh Allen, let's just imagine what he can do. So I think Josh Allen uh, runs for 70, 80 yards. He gets you a rushing touchdown. He throws for a couple of touchdowns. I think he has a huge game. I think he finishes as a top-five quarterback and get him in. Bears taking on the Brownies. Good old Justin Fields will make his debut as a rookie starting quarterback for the Chi-Town Bears. Do you start him? No, you don't. Not in this game, first game back. You know what? Let's see what he has to offer. This man has to go out there and get somehow swamped by Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett and the rest of that defense for the good old Brownies. Who you do start? Mandatory Montgomery. This man right here is in for a stupid monstrosers of a day. Running back number one for me this week. He catches a bunch of dump offs from good old the rookie, Justin Fields. Also trucks through people to grab himself some touchdowns on the ground. Mandatory Montgomery. Super duper day for this man. Obviously, Allen Robinson, stick with this man. Uh, stick with him. He will make some uh, damage out there for you on the sidelines. Cole Komet, another guy. Start this guy. If you can't find a better option, I think he'll grab you a good five catches for about 60 to 80 yards this week. But again, Fields, if he finishes with more interceptions than touchdowns, that would not be anything different out there. His running ability is amazing, but in the first game, I'm not going to trust that against the Brownies defense. Now, on the other side, Brownies, Baker Mayfield, you start this man, but not unless, uh, only if you have very, very bad options. He won't finish as a running uh, quarterback 12 this week. Outside, maybe quarterback 15 at best. Baker Mayfield, bad day. Jarvis Landry just hit IR. Do not start this man either. Austin Hooper, for me, I hate their tight end situation so very much, but I think Austin Hooper will be the one guy to snag a touchdown, if anyone. Most of it I have happening on the ground. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that running back show, one way or another, just dominate this game and run away with it. So for me, ground game for both teams is a big explosion and Allen Robinson for the Bears. But again, Justin Fields and quarterback maker Baker Mayfield will stay out of the top 12 for me. Next up, we've got Ravens versus the Lions. Boy, Baltimore Ravens had a great win Sunday night against the Chiefs. So happy for Lamar Jackson getting that monkey off of his back that is called Patrick Mahomes. 
Big takeaway from that, Hollywood Brown, wide receiver eight overall right now. Play him in your lineup. He is a wide receiver two. The last 10 games, including playoffs, he has averaged 17.1 points per game, never dropping below 12 and a half points per game. That is equal to what DK Metcalf scored last season when he finishes as wide receiver nine. So Hollywood Brown is on a roll right now. Play him, play him, play him. Looking at the Detroit side of the ball, T.J. Hawkinson is your tight end three overall. Get him in your lineup. I think he will finish the season as a top three, top four tight end. DeAndre Swift, go ahead and play him. He has actually the most running back targets from any running backs for this season so far at 16. It may be garbage time, but he is going to get that in there. Uh, Quintus Cephas for wide receiver for the Lions might be a nice pickup option in a matchup like this. The uh, Baltimore Ravens can give up the big play. So if you're, again, desperate, need a wide receiver three or a back-end flex, Cephas could be your guy. Next on the list, we got the Colts taking on the Titans, who just came off a big win in overtime. Well, King Henry was never dead, but you know what? He is very much alive in this season. Cannot wait to see what he does start this man, all right? Obviously, he has woken up from his slumber that was week one, and now he's ready to truck through everybody and anyone that stands in his way. Julio Jones got robbed of a touchdown last week. Best believe he's going to get that one back. A.J. Brown will be a very great beneficiary of Ryan Downhill's bounce back game where he comes off that panic list if you have him on there and comes out just raining touchdowns aj brown julio jones big days for these guys again king henry he's just a monster don't you ever bench this man right here the indianapolis Colts side of the ball michael pittman is coming off a great game but again that was with carson Wentz at the gun now they have a uh rookie quarterback if they decide to go that way or they can also go with uh the second year man jacob eason one way or another the Colts have a very young quarterback in their fort, Carson Wentz. Do not trust any, either one of those quarterbacks. Rely very heavily on the running backs. Last week, we said that uh, Johnny Taylor and Hines would be good plays. They, they were playing a very rough defense, so that was very tough on them. But the Tennessee Titans are not that great on defense. So those two running backs will be the highlights. I love Michael Pittman. He will definitely steal a touchdown for you. Definitely start him. Even though Pascal has had a good few weeks to start off the year, do not start him in this one only because, again, very young quarterback. You can't rely on that guy just yet. Saints versus Patriots. So the Saints looked really bad last week after looking at an amazing week one. If you have better options than Jameis Winston this week, I would take that. I unfortunately don't in a couple of my uh, super flex leagues. I really don't. So I'm probably going to have to write it out, unfortunately, although maybe I can just find a non-quarterback and not have to play him. But I don't like him. Don't like any of the pass catchers. Uh, Marcus Callaway, I'm starting to get a little worried about him because, you know, this two weeks now, he hasn't really done anything. And with the fab you spent on him and waiver wires or the draft capital, you took him after that preseason game where he blew up. You may be regretting that at this moment. There's still some time left, so let's see how it plays out. But you're not playing into these wide receivers this week. Alvin Kamara, we talked about him earlier. Don't worry. You are going to play him. A friend of mine questioned sitting him this week and playing Roundell Moore or Marvin Jones over him in a flex position. And me and another friend of mine, we basically just, you know, we're like, 
you have to play Camara. You you got to ride the talent there. Yes, Belichick tries to take out the best player on the offense uh, each week where the defense will focus on. But I think with Camara, you can't sit him. Looking on the New England side of the ball, Mac Jones, don't even worry about it. Don't even think about it. I also don't like any of these pass catchers right now with uh, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar. These tight ends are doing just like we thought they were going to do already with Hunter and Jonu Smith. They are canceling each other out. So unless there's an injury to one of them, you can probably find a better option. The guy that I like in this New England offense, and it shouldn't come as any surprise based on how he's done, is James White. This man is an RB13 and has gotten 13 targets the first two weeks, also with the tutty last week. So I think in a game like this too, he's going to have some serious value. Mac Jones really trusts him as a security blanket. And so definitely get him in your lineup and hopefully you have him because I unfortunately don't. Next, we got the Atlanta Falcons going to travel to the New York Giants household. And this game is going to be very fun. I think this is one of the games that will have a ton of fantasy football points, mainly because both defenses are not very good. The Giants defense has fallen apart of what everyone expected them to be. Now, Kyle Pitts led the team in the reception yards last week. I think he does it again. Not only will Calvin really have a good day, though, so make sure you start him. But I think Kyle Pitts is the guy that leads the uh, leads this team in yards this week. Not in receptions. The receptions I'll have going to uh, Calvin Ridley. One of the deep balls will go to Kyle Pitts, and that's why he gets them down there. Matt Ryan, start him again. That defense for the Giants is terrible. Don't do that. Also, don't overreact and go out there and start Cordell Patterson. I get it. He had some nice carries, some nice receptions. That doesn't mean you put him in there as running back two or wide receiver two. A flex part at best. Even though I do think he will have some production, it is still a very risky play out there. Daniel Jones for the Giants is coming off a very great game fantasy football-wise. They should have won that game, but you know what? The referees and their own defense had uh, different things to say about that. Danny Dimes. Start this guy if you got him. I do have him finishing inside the top 12 one way or another. Saquon Barkley, week one, started off somewhere. Week two, got better. Week three, he will get better. Start this man as well. Now, for the receiving core, obviously, you stay away from their tight ends. Sterling Shepard has been the go-to man. That's the guy you start. And one guy that this one is a, a bit of a risk on my part because you know what? He hasn't done what everyone is expecting him to, but Kenny Galladay, was blasted this week for yelling on the sideline to Danny Dimes and Jason Gary. So one thing I do know is that Jason Gary, once that happens, like it used to happen with Dez, the following week, the game plan will shift a little bit to include that player a little bit more. So Kenny Galladay, I expect a very nice day of this man, especially from what happened last week. Love it, beloved, bro. Love the Daniel Jones pick, by the way, too. So Cardinals, Jacksonville Jaguars, Cobra Kyler. So he already has a 10-point lead as the overall QB1. This dude is sick, man. This guy is, oh, man, get him in your lineup. DeAndre Hopkins, be careful. He's has a, He has a ribs injury, so he's on the injury report today. Keep an eye out. He'll probably be okay because the man is a badass, but... On the off chance that he doesn't, you don't want to be stuck with him in your lineup. Rondell Moore currently is the wide receiver 17 after seven catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Get this man in your lineup. Now, he's not going to do this every week, but he is already proving that he is a good draft pick, and I'll miss the boat on him. I've been lucky to got him on a few of my benches on some of these later redraft leagues that I've done. But, yes, play him in your flex or your wide receiver three. Flipping over to the uh, Jaguars, 
Trevor Lawrence has five interceptions uh, so far this season. Arizona is going to be a good defensive play if you're in a league that does have that. If I'm trusting one wide receiver right now, it's Marvin Jones. He's currently wide receiver 16 overall. He does have a rapport with Lawrence, and he seems to be, so far at least, a more consistent option. James Robinson is a flex play if you want to do that, but maybe you have a better option. I'm not ready to uh, plug him in my lineup super confidently just yet. Next on the board, we're going to go with the New York Jets taking on the Denver Broncos. Good old Teddy Bridgewater and company are looking very, very nice. So for me, Teddy Bridgewater is a start this week. I do have him finishing somewhere in the top 10 because of the Jets. I mean, they are the Jets after all. Their defense still needs a lot of help. But most of all, because of Corlin Sutton's play, this guy has been absolutely great. Start that man. Noah Fant is another guy that this week you get him in your lineup, let him go grab you a couple touchdowns this week. The running game. Again, I mentioned it earlier. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams had the exact same amount of carries. But Javante Williams outrushed him. Will that happen again? We will. That has yet to be seen. But again, Melvin Gordon deserves a spot in your starting lineup. Javante Williams, as much as I love him, maybe he needs one more week. But for me personally, I am throwing him in there in my flex. But again, as you heard earlier, I told Lance, I'm wild. So on that one, maybe pump the brakes. Uh, again, Melvin Gordon, do start him though. Now for the Jets, again, I told you last week, do not start Corey Davis. If you listen to me, you're welcome. Because, again, Bill Belichick eats rookies for breakfast. That's exactly what he does. Poor Zach Wilson. But the mentality of this man, anyone that watched him in college, he does bounce back extremely well. I think he gives himself three touchdowns, maybe throws one pick, mainly in garbage time. But, again, Corey Davis definitely deserves to be back in your lineup this week, and he will do some damage. Again, Michael Carter also had himself a pretty decent game. If you are bad at options for running backs, and you need one, think about it. But don't necessarily go out there and just put him in there just to put him in there. Michael Carter will have a decent day, but not great enough for you to put him in there as RB2, maybe as a flex at backs. But again, Zach Wilson, have himself a nice day. If you don't have any better options, you will still be okay. I think he finishes as quarterback 14 this week. And if you're a shooter McGavin, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast as well. Moving on to Dolphins Raiders. Ooh-wee, these Dolphins, man. Uh, so Tua Tungabayoloa is out this week. Jacoby Brissett comes in. We don't like much of these pass catchers for the Dolphins. I will say Jalen Waddle. I think you can trust as far as the pass catchers go. Kasiki, if you're tied in desperate, I mean, Fryermuth had 7.6 fantasy points in PPR against the Raiders last week. So Gasecki showed some life once Brissett got in the game last week. So maybe there's some small value there if you are, again, desperate. I don't like Devontae Parker as well. Like I said, just Jalen Waddle. Looking at the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, to my knowledge, he's still not practicing. So we don't know his status. My guess, if I had to guess right now, I don't think he's going to play again. So if that's the case, and it's the Kenyon Drake show, well, we saw what Singletary and Moss did to this Miami Dolphins run defense, I'm sad to say. So Kenyon Drake could also possibly do the same. There's one little bugger you got to worry about. Peyton Barber, this piece of garbage. Just 13 carries, 32 yards, two and a half 
rushing yards. But for some reason, John Gruden likes this guy, and I don't, I don't know why. But not like Kenny Drake did any better, but at least Drake last week as the primary running back still gets you five catches for four, 46 yards. This is a Kenyon Drake revenge game. Let's not forget this either. Miami Dolphins did treat him bad towards the end and then, you know, got rid of him. So, therefore, I think Drake, if Jacobs does not play, Drake is going to be a top 12 running back play. Worst case, a, a front end running back to play. As far as the receivers, Waller, you're playing. I don't trust any of the the other receivers as far as Ruggs or Edwards right now. That Ruggs play, it was nice to see, but I don't think you can count on it. Green Bay Packers now will be taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Now, obviously, one thing we do know, because it has been said a million times over the course of Aaron Rodgers' career, he did want to go number one overall to the San Francisco 49ers. I think there is still a piece of him that always will hate them very much for not taking him in that spot to his team that he always rooted for as a kid. Now, after putting down a massive beatdown on Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions, it looks like Aaron Rodgers and company are back. Aaron Rodgers fire him up. Aaron Jones fire him up. Devontae Adams, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has said, looks better than he did last year. Fire him up. Big Bob Tanya, start this man as well. Even though Fred Warner in that linebacker core is very nice, they won't be able to stop everybody, and Aaron Rodgers will find a way to get any and everyone involved. That offense will look excellent. Randall Cobb had a couple of catches. Don't start this man. He's still not fantasy football worthy of you. MVS, I like this dude a lot. Not in this necessary matchup because I don't see Aaron Rodgers having to play from behind where he has to keep throwing the ball super deep out there. The San Francisco 49ers, obviously you have Jimmy G, a couple of packages maybe for Trey Lance. But Jimmy G, if you want to shoot that shot, I mean, I wouldn't blame you very big time, but I wouldn't do it myself. I think that Green Bay Packer defense is starting to find its groove and uh, it's going to be a very bad day for Jimmy myself. So for that guy, don't do anything with him. That running back situation they have going on, everyone is getting hurt or they're faking injuries. I'm not sure. None of those guys want to seem to uh, seem to be wanting to play for the 49ers. Debo Samuel, start him. Uh, and George Kittle, start this man. Brandon Ayuk, I'm still very questionable. And until this man puts together a game that I can trust him in, he will be riding the bench very well. So for me, on the 49ers side, only George Kittle, only Debo Samuel. Until then, everybody else for the 49ers, you guys are dead to me. Not yet, buddy. So those are all the games from us. You guys hopefully help you guys out. Again, you know what? Fantasy football is insane. If things start to change by the time you listen to this, feel 100% free to DM us. Hit us up about some fantasy football. Man, we love talking about it. Lance, do you have any closing thoughts for these people out here that will be listening to this and hopefully getting some great advice that we can help them out with? Well, the one thing that I really came away last weekend realizing is, you know, we love fantasy football and yeah, we're, we are not experts by any means. Um, but then again, I don't think a lot of people are, you know, a lot of things at the end of the day, these are just opinions on what we think about these players and we can follow trends. And at the end of the day, the coaches could still go with something completely different. And so while we do appreciate you listening and we are happy to give any advice at the end of the day, it is your team. And if you have a gut feeling about a certain guy, I mean, you should go for it because that could end up being the right play of whether you win or lose, no matter what me or Rudy and I, or Matthew Barry or, anyone else uh says so 
yes, we want to help all we can, but at the end of the day, like really, we are throwing darts a lot of the time. I mean, I was wrong so much comes last Sunday and I try to not get too frustrated, but we appreciate you listening. We appreciate the support. I think we, we just, we love talking about fantasy football and we love talking about football in general. We just mm-hmm. get so much out of it, so much entertainment. And so we thank you for supporting us and continue to send us those questions. But Hey, if you disagree with us, we want to hear that too. Mm-hmm. Like you tell us why you think we are wrong because we would love to have a good back and forth about that as well. Thank you. Oh yeah, no, 100%. If you, t- if you, you're thinking to yourself, you know what? Fucking RDA sounds like a moron. Go ahead. Let me hear about it. Believe me. I'll be more than happy to hear you out. Right? I'm not someone that's going to go out there and attack you. This is a free world. You can do whatever you want to think, whatever you want. But again, if you think that's, if you think something crazy about me, let me hear it. Hit us up on the DMs or comment on one of our posts. All right. Let me have it. I ain't afraid of it. Bring it on. But again, from us, you guys, you can always find us on Twitter on instagram we are the late round flyers i'm rda my boy lance dylan we do this show this thing for everybody out there so again thank you for following with us we appreciate you if you liked it tell a friend about it make sure everyone gets on here and uh gets his advice to hopefully get them some w's but until then we'll catch you guys next week stay safe put some nice people in the starting lineup and get some wins that way you can tell your neighbors and friends that you're much better than them at fantasy football Until then, take care.